0: FinTech Hunting is hosted by Michael Hammond, JD CMT keynote speaker, author, and founder and president of Next Level Advisors. Join Michael as he seeks out tech visionaries, leading lenders, trailblazing executives, and other financial influencers to bring you actionable insights and lead generation tactics, all centered around industry greatness and success.
1: Welcome to the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We would like to thank our sponsors. Incelerate Equifax WFG Enterprise Solutions Next Level Advisors and FinLocker. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We have a very special guest for you today. He's an industry expert, social influencer, a thought leader he knows all things mortgage industry automation he's one of the best networkers i know if you ever get a chance to ride in a cab or share a meal with him he is one person i would definitely choose but more than all of that he's just a dear friend he's one of the most listened to episodes on all of the fintech hunting podcast please help me welcome eric kawila eric you are welcome to be on the show. You are the Vice President of Product Marketing at ICE
2: Technology. Welcome. Thanks, Michael, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. I the dinner thing's an interesting topic. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> That's will definitely
1: have to touch upon that. So, Eric, first of all, welcome back. Uh, we we are great friends, but more important, we've known each other in the industry. You share so many great insights. You've been some of the most listened to podcast. We've talked AI. We've talked a lot of different technology and automation. As we kind of wind down this year, we're already at the end of November. What are some of the key things or some of the key takeaways that you see from twenty twenty one in the industry?
2: Oh man, it's a really good question. Um, it just seems like you know. Well, there's 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 several kind of trends going on, right? There's obviously an advancement of e-close right we've seen that kind of perpetuate from 2020 it's kind of carried over into 2021 uh as well so we're kind of excited to see that that area of the business uh grow and and take shape i think we're all trying to figure out how that looks and what the end game kind of looks like and those types of things but it's just nice to see because i mean you and i have talked about e-close for at least 13 years 14 years i've been on a project 19 years ago or 18 years ago at Flagstar <laughs> to get it going. So it's not a new topic. So I'm just kind of excited to see that one start to take some shape and start to get some traction in the marketplace, which is exciting. The other thing, too, that we've seen, and I'm sure everyone else has seen this as well, is, you know, margin compression is obviously the big topic, right? As kind of rates turn and, uh, you know, costs start to, or excuse me, the volume starts to contract and that type of stuff. Uh, but there's been a lot of movement we've seen. In uh, a lot of the M&A activity, you saw Simple Nexus got bought the other day or last week or whatever it was, and then there's been more entrance into kind of that, um, I'll use a generic term, kind of that automation space, right, specifically around kind of underwriting, Yep. right, so there's been a lot of new players. In fact, I get emails and Slack messages and all kinds of stuff from the team just let me know of a new person that came into it and what they're doing and what they think they're doing and how they're going to do it, and some of them are related to the with Some somewhere kind of on the outskirts of it. So uh, it's been kind of interesting to kind of sift through all that to try and figure out, okay, what's really there, what's not really there, um, and trying to understand kind of where these people are trying to play. So that's been kind of an exciting uh, trend as well. And then the other thing, too, which has been really exciting, I, I think, I don't know, I don't know if everybody else agrees or not, but, uh, you know, we saw each other at NBA annual, um, you know, a month ago or so, whatever it was, six weeks ago and uh, five weeks ago. It's just nice to see kind of, Conferences getting back kind of face to face. I know Digital Mortgage had to uh, transition theirs to virtual, but it is nice to see that it looks like 2022 is going to be pretty much a uh, in-person uh, experience, barring any unforeseen circumstances with COVID. And I know it's kind of progressing. There's some lots of eyeballs watching that as well, but the trends kind of show kind of in back or back to person type stuff, which is exciting. So
1: it is. And you and I talked about this when we were having dinner you can't replicate those networking opportunities, right? I think some of the sessions, some of the content that was done digitally was, in my opinion, actually better than some of the live content that we had saw in years past. But running into somebody going up the escalator, turning your back and you find five people you know at dinner or at breakfast, and then having those discussions really hasn't been able to be replicated. So. I love the events, the live events, the live conferences, and what I have found is people that took the time to lean in digitally and foster and build those relationships, man, it was like you just saw your best friend that you hadn't seen in a number of years. The conversations were more authentic. They were more genuine at annual, and I hope that trend continues into 2022.
2: Yeah, no, I think, actually, I think you're going to see kind of a hybrid, actually, so what's nice about, or what's kind of come out of all this, is that obviously the, you know, to, to your point, the live sessions are great. You get to meet people, run into them, you know, get that kind of water cooler chat as as you kind of walk by them in the streets or whatever you see them at a one of the sessions or whatever. Um, but the nice part about the virtual side of things is that there's going to be more, I think, there's going to be more of kind of like that hybrid approach where some of it might be live streaming, some of it might be recorded and. Uh, presented to kind of a virtual conference later, just to bring in the elements of the people who who just can't go, right? Maybe they don't have budget for it, maybe they don't have a uh, team, maybe they don't have time, maybe they're they're not comfortable going, uh, but still want to hold on to that content, right? So, it's a, I think we're going to see more of kind of a hybrid approach on a lot of these conferences going forward. I know we're trying to we're figuring out what that looks like on the ice um, experience side next year as well. So, I think it's actually going to be kind of a combination of both. You'll see it in the in-person stuff, and then ultimately some. Virtual aspect of it as well, which which is fun. It's kind of neat to to reach those people that weren't able to go
1: Well, and I really hope that's where it goes because there were some very good components of it Just like you said many more people can participate in a virtual conference a company's not going to send 50 people or a hundred people, but if there's certain sessions you could have 10 20 50 100 200 500 people from different aspects of the business join that wouldn't normally get the opportunity to go to the conference And so when you can blend both of those, the hybrid and the virtual, or you can get some certain speakers that maybe couldn't be there live, but if you can get a pre-recorded message and it is a killer message and one that we definitely want shared, I think there's a win-win. So I hope some of the people running the conferences and we'll talk about ice in a few minutes, but some of the other industry events, I hope they just don't go back to what's comfortable. Hey, let's just yeah. go back to live because that's yeah. what we've always done for however many years. I hope they really think through it and find out how do they engage. Because the goal is how do we get as many people in the industry involved in all of these events so that we can continue to move the industry forward?
2: Yeah. yeah, it's, 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 We look at it a little bit – I don't know if selfishly is, is the word to use, but I'm going to use it anyway. It <laughs> what <soon> happens. But, <laughs> um, you know, we look – because we, we have a, a fairly – well, now as ICE, you know, we're a global company now. Right? And we have, we have offices in the UK and India and uh, Poland and uh, Belarus and um, parts of France and uh, Australia. And, right, we have, there's offices kind of all over the place right now as kind of a global organization. So we actually look at this as, a, as a, an opportunity for us to also allow even just our internal folks to attend and see all of the work that they're doing being deployed, right? I mean, that's where a lot of kind of the, the work gets done, right? And, and to see the fruits of their labor, it's that's, that's a really great way for us to kind of showcase what they've done in this kind of virtual environment without having to, you know, fly, you know, several hundred or a thousand or whatever the number ends up being, you know, to these events uh, kind of around the world. So,
1: Exactly. And I think that's a very good point. As the industry continues to grow, as, as the larger companies are, are continuing to be involved, they're global players now. And we have to take that into consideration as we're planning, as we're trying to do outreach for them. Let's come back. We'll come back to the ICE conference in a few minutes because I got a bunch of questions for you on that front. But as we're talking, you know, what were some of the pain points that lenders really struggled with this year? And what do you think are going to be some of the ones that they're going to need to address in 2022?
2: Yeah, I think that, you know, the big one that we keep hearing and, you know, it's going to come of no surprise to anybody, you know, listening to this, but – it's all around kind of capacity, right? Twenty twenty was a ton of volume. 2021's actually shaping up to be, I believe, slightly a bit more, which was kind of a surprise for everybody. Um, but that, you know, it's going to start to shift. Although I think we've been saying that for quite some time, <laughs> here it, it should it should start the shift, which means now you've kind of got this this um, capacity. Either abundance, surplus, right, or or still a shortage thereof, kind of depending on which way the market kind of goes. So, a lot of it has to do with trying to manage um, their 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 capacity uh, through the um, manufacturing process. So they're really looking at at ways to kind of automate as much as, as as they can, which is another reason why I think a lot of these other players are starting to kind of enter the marketplace. And I wish I, I wish I. Um, I uh, had this slide we were just in our leadership meeting uh, actually last week uh, for ICE. And uh, one of the guys got up. He does a lot of our kind of corporate development type things and M&A strategies and stuff like that. And he had a slide that something like something about like a trillion dollars was spent in mortgage innovation. I am going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally ruin this number by the way, but it was astronomical. <laughs> it was gotcha. and It was like the most it was like the most um or one of the highest sectors that technology companies were investing in was kind of in that, in that, that mortgage space. And we, we've seen this before, right? Google's jumped in and out a couple of times. Yep. Uh, Microsoft's jumped in and out a couple of times. Um, you know, a lot of those guys, and, you know, they're still trying to get in at it. And so I think we'll see more and more of those types of trends uh, as well as we kind of move along into 2022. So but it was, it was an astronomical number, Michael. It was, it was huge. <laughs> well, and
1: I think with that innovation, we've got to look at it and say, okay, is it driving down the cost? Are we actually yeah. improving the process? You know, so many times there's been innovation. And I think sometimes people get caught up in the shiny object syndrome of, oh, this is cool, or here's a bell and whistle. But the cost to originate a loan continues to climb. That's going to impact us forever. I mean, you look at it, and you and I have talked about this before. We're both from Michigan. You, you think of the auto industry and how they've been able to continue to drive down costs for certain aspects of manufacturing or you look at computers and cell phones and how they can drive down the cost of a chip or provide five times more capacity 20 times more volume that they can handle and the mortgage industry that price to originate continues to hover up there Depending on what statistics, you want to say seven grand, 7,500, eight grand, nine grand. It's somewhere in that too much. zone. It's too much. <laughs> it, it's too much. And you would hope that as we look to automate and we look to innovate, that we look at some of these technologies and doing that. I think one of the other aspects of innovation, I want to kind of get your feeling on this, is for too long the industry has been very transaction focused. Get the Smith file in, get the Smith file out, get the Jones file in, get the Jones file out. And there's all kinds of statistics. I've used it on this show many times. You know, the average lender is going to, or the average borrower is going to get 7 to 11 loans over the course of their lifetime, yet only 15% go back to their original lender. Do you see technology out there, or do you see a trend where we've now got to really start focusing more on the holistically, the whole relationship and the whole customer life cycle instead of just one transaction, move on to the next one and keep running that way?
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we definitely want to make sure um, retaining customers, right, is obviously kind of a key thing. And I'm going to broaden it a little bit, right, even to go into the wholesale and kind of correspondent market as well, right, because there's a lot more competition nowadays, right? There's a lot of people doing a lot of innovation in that space to try and retain customers, right? You want them to, to come back, whether that be direct to consumer, a consumer that wants to come back, your broker that wants to come back, your correspondent lender that wants to come back. You've got to create those types of experiences um, that really drive the value so that they can, they, they think of you when, when you're actually coming back. So the problem that, that I'm seeing is is, is around execution, like trying to figure out how to the best execute on it. I think the tools are all there, right? Like the tools are all there. There's marketing automation tools that are fantastic. I mean, you get the emails from other industries and things like that coming in. Ford does a great job at it, just not to bring in the Detroit thing again, but Ford does a great job at it. I signed up to be notified on the F one fifty lightning updates. I don't know why, but it's kind of okay. cool, so I figured I'd look at it. So they've been kind of, you know, keeping me um, informed of that. So you know, it's the, the I think the tools are there, right? It's a question of executing and then cutting through the noise to figure out what's actually going to drive value. I think that's the hardest thing. And I don't know I don't know if anybody's figured it out. I mean, Quicken. Quicken has figured it out. Or Rocket, sorry, I didn't really change their name, Rocket, but right. Rocket has figured it out right? <laughs> in my mind, Rocket is a marketing company that just happens to do mortgages.
1: <laughs> it's a very interesting point, And I, I want to touch upon a couple of those things that you brought up of most of the technology is there. It's the key is, is how do you execute? And so when we talk execution, one, it's got to fit within your current tech stack, right? And you've got to figure out how to do that. Two, you've really got to look at it from an execution standpoint and understand all of the different touch points, Right are you using social media retargeting are you texting are you emailing are you using voice if you're only using one of those components you're probably falling behind right because mm-hmm. us as consumers i'll respond to text faster than i will a call it depends who's calling me if i'm going to answer it emails i get bombarded with emails so they have to be strategic of when i receive them and then i think to your other point when you start figuring that out you got to figure out what is the frequency and the cadence of sending these out That's right is it That's two right. voicemails, one text message, two emails and something else? And then the last part, which I think you nailed on the head, which is the toughest is what is the value you're bringing to that discussion to break through all the noise, right? Mm-hmm. And and even to expand, you know, you mentioned wholesalers and correspondents. It could be realtors too. How do you build those realtor right. relationships yep. so that they come back and continue to do business and, that value proposition, I think people really struggle with. Because at the end of the day, yeah. a loan is a loan. Every mortgage company has a little bit slightly different process, but come on. I mean, people are shopping yeah. for a rate. But at the end of the day, That's if right. you deliver a killer experience, we can talk about yeah. how to define that. That, I think, is going to differentiate people. But I don't know if anyone's mastered communicating that out to the masses yet. Maybe your yeah, rock example and
2: yeah, no, it's interesting because even beyond just the experience itself, right, you have, it's not just the technology deployment, right? It's the what's this, what's, how's the sausage being made behind the scenes? Not that the consumer needs to know that, but, you know, at the end of the day, if you have a, let's call it a average front end, right, but you can pump it through your machine in a week, or I know you got some trid laws in there, but some, you know, a week or 10 days, whatever that kind of shortened outcome looks like that's hard to beat, you know what I mean? That's, that's a, that's a, that's a tough stance. Right. And then combine that with, you know, kind of a bookend kind of experience on either side of that, you know, you could really do some, do some serious damage. They got to look at the entire kind of the, the entire process uh, from front to back. If you have a, a gorgeous front end experience and you know, people love it and you get returning customers, but it, it takes you 60 days to close a loan. <laughs> right.
1: Not a great experience, right? right? cool yeah, on the right, front yeah. end, but
2: yeah. Yeah. No, I agree so, with and you. Again, it's a balance. It's a balance, right? You got to – and and the people inside the organizations, they're they're fighting for their pieces, right? They're fighting for each one of their pieces to figure out, you know, what goes first and prioritize it. So,
1: Well, and I think that balance is critical, right? Because as you look at it, somebody can just rush and say, okay, we've got to do speed to market. We've got to – our turn times have to go down to X. And if that's all they focus on and deliver, pardon my language, a shitty experience – people aren't coming back just because you got it done Mm. in two days. If it was a terrible experience, vice versa, you can say I'm going to deliver a great experience. I'm going to handhold them every step of the way. And if it takes you 90 days, 120 days to close on that, I don't care who you are. They're mad. They wanted to get in the house. They wanted to move their kids. Schooling got screwed up. So it's finding that balance of, how do you combine a lot of those? And that's why I think it's a combination of technology, automation, and people to deliver that. It's not just any one of those exclusively to make it happen.
2: That's right. And not to mention the ICE thing here, but that's kind of what we're focused on, right? And and we know we're not going to be everything to everybody, right? Like, we get that, you know what I mean? So that's one of the reasons why we, we created the vast partner network we have is just to make sure we get certified Partners involved in the process, so that if you, Michael Hammond, don't like the way—I don't know—I'm going to make up an example. Consumer Connect works or whatever. Fine, we have a partner of you know point of sale systems that you can plug into and use and, and leverage those things. But we got to have that, that kind of flexibility in those options. And I think you got to—I think lenders got to really kind of understand it and walk the assembly line, right? And kind of just take it step by step uh, and physically walk it. I don't mean just like talk about it and put boxes on a on a whiteboard. I mean physically right. walk through that experience. Uh, And and it's a a very different conversation when you physically walk through it versus talking through it and putting boxes on a whiteboard.
1: Exactly. That's where the rubber meets the road. Instead of that philosophical discussion, you're saying, yeah, but I know you drew those 10 boxes up here, but it's really 15 boxes. And here's where the big bottleneck is when you have to walk in those shoes and actually try originating the loan and going through the process. And, yeah, I know you said the integration was great, but – it takes me five more minutes to connect or the data doesn't always come through properly. All of those things impact the ability to deliver on what we're talking about. All right. So you've mentioned ice. We've talked about the ice experience and to be honest with you, it's one of the largest events and one of the largest conferences in the industry, period. It doesn't matter. We're not just talking about the association events and all the other things. It's one of the largest in mortgage. So, Tell me what's in store for 2022. What are you guys excited about? What, what are you going to be presenting? What are some of the things that people need yeah. to know about so they get signed up and make sure that they attend?
2: Yeah, I, I am knee deep in this, <laughs> especially being part of the product marketing group. But um, I think the thing that I'm, I'm personally most excited about and I think people are very curious about is this is really going to be the first experience that we've launched out as ICE. Right, so you know, um, which means several things. We're no, it's no longer just Ellie May, right? Now we're we're ICE, which means we've got that global presence. So you're going to see faces at this conference from the ICE executive team. You're going to see uh, products uh, kind of being uh, introduced from the ICE uh, side of things, especially around the data services side. You'll see some of those folks uh, there as well, because you know they're, that's kind of their thing. They're a data and global technology company, right? So uh, I'm excited to kind of um, See how all that rounds out. I mean, the, the executive team, like I said, we just had our leadership meeting last week. They're very excited about the opportunity uh, for this conference. Um, they, ICE has never really held one before, so this will be their f- first kind of entry into it. Um, so you'll see a lot of faces around that. We've got a lot of interesting uh, and exciting kind of new product um, launches that are actually going to happen between now and experience. So leading okay. into to so you be able to see it. And then we took a slightly – I don't want to say a different approach, but we took a slightly – Augmented approach? I guess that means different, same thing. So, uh, on the way, we're actually structuring the, the conference as a whole. So, we're actually broke up the sessions really into kind of three categories. Okay. So, the first one, and we want to, we want to kind of say, hey, let's help you through the journey of what you're trying to accomplish, right? And and tackle the problems that, that you're trying to um, overcome, right, over the either this year or into obviously next year and the years beyond. But we really divide up into three areas. One is around what we're calling kind of these strategy sessions, right? Strategize. And those are kind of the high-level customers, ICE people, partners on stage talking about kind of the things that they've done, the value that they're getting um, from performing certain activities and uh, incorporating certain changes and that type of thing from a kind of a, I don't want to say high-level, but from a a mid-level type perspective, from the customer kind of perspective. Yep. And then we have kind of a, I don't want to say a layer below, but kind of like underneath that slightly would be these plan sessions that we're calling them, which is going to be more um, demonstrations of how those conversations actually get achieved. Right? So hey, this is what they talked about this, is how they did it kind of deal. Okay. And then the last one, which I'm really excited about is what we're calling execute, right And these are really kind of networking opportunities. Um, we're gonna we're, we're still trying to figure out logistically how this is all going to line up, but uh, the thought process there is we're gonna have like you know one or two people on stage talking about a topic and then saying, hey group, here's the, here's the conversation. Let's bottlenecks and underwriting as an example, right? What are you guys doing about it? And then let the tables, right, we're going to set them up as the thought process right now is around round table type activity. Why don't you guys talk about it? Like what is what are you guys doing to, to tackle these bottlenecks in underwriting or how to leverage automation or whatever the topics might be? And then we give them an opportunity to kind of talk amongst their peers, right, about what they're actually doing, like physically doing. And then, you know, possibly sharing that information back to the group. So it's going to be an interesting kind of journey uh, we're going to try and walk people through. So.
1: Well, and I love it because you're trying to provide practical insights in solutions, right? It's not just theory. Let's walk through. Yes, you can have concepts, and it's important to have that, and then drill down to how are people doing, and then really get into how is your mortgage company addressing this versus mine, and I think that collaborative spirit, that willingness for people to share, and I think it's one thing that we have found over COVID, uh, whether it's been digital or not, is I think people are realizing that as an industry at a whole we need to come together and we need to help one another we don't always have to be direct competitors on every front we can share hey, here's some insights here's some of the technology that's working here's some of the roadblocks and bottlenecks that are still causing those high dollar amounts to originate alone still delivering a poor customer experience how can we address these together I'd love hearing that so when is it? Where is it? What do people have to do to get registered?
2: Yep. Yeah. So uh, it's at the Wind in Las Vegas. Very exciting. March 14th through the 16th. So it's kind of in that middle of the week, that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And uh, to register, you just go to the technology.com website, and then there's a registration page there. Or you can go to, I think it's experience... IceExperience.com. I'll, I'll send out the, I'll share the link when we share the podcast, <laughs>
1: Not Perfect. You go
2: register for it, but,
1: but definitely, you I love definitely it. Eric. And mortgage
2: technology.com. So
1: <laughs> there you go. And I know it'll be a huge success. You guys always put on a great event. And like I said, it's one of the biggest events in the industry. It yeah. impacts so many people. You guys have so many loans coming through your system. You can provide key insights, data insights that maybe people can't really get anywhere else. All right, so we're, we're winding down 2021. It's going to be uh, another fantastic year for origination volumes, whether we break the record, don't break the record. 2022 is going to be a little bit more interesting. And we've said this, like you referenced right at the beginning, yeah, we've heard this story before, and it doesn't always come to fruition. There's people far smarter than myself who are economists in the industry saying, for the most part, origination volumes are going to decline about 30% refis are probably better. going to drop about 60. They're not going to go away, but they're going to drop about 60. Purchase will pick up, but they won't pick enough up momentum where we're still going to have about a 30% decline. So what does that mean for the lenders out there? How do they, what do they need to embrace either from an automation perspective, a technology perspective, a customer experience, what do they need to do to be prepared for those potential market conditions?
2: Uh, retrench. <laughs> so i think it's just a, a a real strong look internally i think it's a real strong look who they're partnering with right um because that you know there's I, I as a former sales salesperson i always kind of joke there's there's no good time to talk to a, a, a mortgage banker or, or a lender in the because they're either too busy to, to listen yep. or they're too slow to to worry about it or or buy anything so i think this is the time, although I will say this, over the last couple of years, especially COVID, that, that's definitely changed because I think the, the, the problem's been exasperated. So um, I think it's just the time to kind of reflect, look, in, look internally, understand the partners that you're going through, walk the assembly line, like physically walk it. And I, don't, and I don't mean just ask someone to go do it and come back and report. I mean, get a team together that can walk through that assembly line and, and just observe. Observe. Don't try and fix it. Just try to observe and understand where those things are get a clear picture of what that looks like, and then ultimately tie it back to what goals do you want. You brought up one of them, right? Let's condense our, our closing time. That's a great goal, right? That's a great app to close it. A, it's a wonderful goal, but what else can we put in there to complement it that rounds out that that entire experience? So um, I know it's kind of a broad statement. I know people are like, well, yeah, of course, we do that every year type deal, but um, it's it's a good exercise to go through, especially if you haven't thought about it. I've actually personally done it with several um, a way back in the day when I was doing those types of activities too, and uh, it's a it's a it's an eye-opening experience when you physically get your senior leadership team to physically walk through that assembly line uh, and just observe. Don't try and fix; just literally just observe that. Um, I, I think I think if I had to make a recommendation, that's probably the biggest one because that will give you a clear picture of where you need to put your focus on. Uh, going well, and into I think
1: taking the time to do that is where a lot of people want to shortcut it. They'll have one of their people go down and just come back and report up to me. They're not fully observing it. They're not really seeing what's going on. Um, in one of my other discussions earlier this week, I, I always, you know, you know, I'm a big college football fan. I'm a college football fan. I was watching a coach recap the game. But I thought it was very appropriate for the industry, and especially where we're at right now in this time of planning and reflecting and, as you said, retrenching. He said the first thing you got to look at is what did you do well? So whether that was in that game or what did you do well this past year so that you can leverage and build upon what worked. Secondly is what could you have done better, right? Where are the things, where are some of the bottlenecks? If you really take the time to sit through and go through the process and, like you say, walk the actual floor, you're going to find things that you could do better. And then what lessons did we learn from all of this, right? If we're ever going to – you know, Jack Welsh wrote a book, Get Better or Get Beaten. A- and I love the title because I think that's truly what happens. I mean, if we look back, who was Rock 20 years ago? Yeah. You know, who was UWM 20 years ago? That's right. You know, and they're that's driving right. it, and part of that's innovation, part of it's the people, part of that's a vision. But I think those are some of the things that will springboard the industry going forward as we look at 2022. One last thing I want to touch upon as we talked about conferences and everything like that. You're head of product marketing. How important is collaboration in industry partnerships if we're going to accomplish what we want to in 2022 and beyond?
2: Well, I mean, like I said, we have a, a vast partner network, right, that we work with. But, but at the end of the day, I mean, we're all trying to achieve – well, let me back that up. I'm actually a big fan of All Ships Rise. Right. So, so if you, if you go out and you partner and you're collaboratively working with the different areas of the business that you want to grow and or take notice in and things like that, I think it becomes an extremely important thing to, to understand, like, what is Michael Hammond doing in kind of marketing space? Like, I'd love to know, right? (laughs) Because you and I talk about from a marketing standpoint, but you know, we've been in this industry for a while. We're we're lucky to be friends uh, with each other, but I, I, I love talking to you and finding out kind of what you're up to on the marketing side of things and how you're helping your clients reach, reach your customers and so on. It's, it's stuff that, uh, you know, not take, <laughs> steal, borrow, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, but, well, lessons but again, learned, all, right? all ships rise. Yeah.
1: Best practices. Let's learn. That's why you and I, when we meet, we're always bouncing ideas on, Hey, where do you see this? What's happening there? Yep. Cause I want to learn. That's why I love this podcast. I learn from every guest You've been on a multiple times because you share so many good insights, and hopefully, our listeners are taking notes and and writing things down because we want them to learn. That's why we do things like this. So I I love where you say all ships rise uh, for that, and, and you know the collaboration is critical.
2: Yep. Yeah. The the one thing that that we haven't talked about, and I don't think we have time for it today, but. There's going to be an interesting dynamic with this return to office, whether it be a hybrid approach and allowing people to work from home and allowing people to even move and now re- recruiting in different areas. You know, it's interesting you know, to kind of, you know, talk through some of those examples. You probably don't have the time today, but that's definitely going to be some kind of factor that I think is still kind of the big unknown. I think people think, but I do think there's a big unknown behind that and what that looks like. So,
1: And what impact that has on culture moving forward. I think that's going to be a very interesting study. We will definitely have you back. Like I share, sh- say, you always share a wealth of knowledge and insights. And ladies and gentlemen, you know, most of the time I, I try to say his name. I normally butcher it, but we are so fortunate to have Eric Kweela. We got the L and the LA <laughs> in there so that I hopefully I didn't totally butcher it this time, but Eric has a wealth of knowledge. Eric, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We can't thank you enough for sharing your insights, the things that you see going on in the industry. So thank you so much for being a guest on this episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast.
0: Are you looking to close more loans in 2021? Experience Incelerate's award-winning customer engagement platform, featuring lead management, CRM, call routing, sales enablement, marketing automation, borrower engagement, and data intelligence through innovative use of multi-channel marketing, text, social media, email, direct mail, phone, ringless voicemail, retargeting, and so much more. Incelerate, helping lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement, schedule your personal demo today at Incelerate.com. Introducing Finlocker, a financial super app that originators can provide their customers to improve credit, create and track budgets, save for their financial goals, and get mortgage ready. Users can even search for a home and start their loan application directly from the app. Create customers for life with Finlocker. Are you struggling to keep up with record origination volumes? From property valuation and appraisal to title insurance and closing services, WFG Enterprise Solutions provides flexible mortgage origination services that address your organization's needs head on. By taking the time to understand how you run your business, WFG can create solutions that save you time and money on every transaction. That's why WFG consistently earns Net Promoter's world-class ranking for customer satisfaction. Innovative Solutions, world-class customer satisfaction. Get to know WFG today at WFGLS.com. FinTech Hunting is brought to you by Next Level Advisors. Next Level Advisors, where businesses come to grow.